With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Good Monday evening, everyone. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have you with us. And, of course, preseason basketball in full swing for the Cavaliers. Coming off a one-point loss to Chicago last night right here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. The Cavs now 1-3 in preseason play with one more preseason game to come. That'll be Friday night in Indiana when the Cavs take on the Pacers. And then everything will begin for real as far as uh, actual wins and losses a week from Wednesday, October 20th in Memphis. Boy, Jim Jones, we've got a busy show ahead. Of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit about last night's game against the Bulls. We're going to have Joe G, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com, stop by and pay us a visit. And, of course, the great radio play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers, Mark Boyle, will also be joining us on Cavs HQ. We saw Indiana this past Friday night at Rocket Mortgage, and as I said, uh, we'll see him this Friday night. So, We've got a lot to talk about here in the next 60 minutes or so. Yeah, we do. And I would encourage all of our fans and uh, our listeners to start reading Joe Gabriel's stuff. Oh, great. Joe Gabriel is an exceptional writer. His insights, uh, I steal a lot of his stuff. I, I, I never gave him credit, <laughs> but but uh, a lot of it is, is uh, his insights. A tremendous writer, simplicity. But you've just got to read his stuff. I know a lot of you fans don't want to read. You know, you'd rather listen to audio and listen. But this time, trust me, read Joe Gabriel's stuff. It's excellent. It sure is. So Joe will be joining us. Mark Boyle will be joining us. When we come back, Jim and I will take a quick look back at last night in the preseason overall. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. (laughs) 
Garland missed the free throw. Windler, free ball, left side and good. Oh, that's a great sign. Dylan Windler. If he can do that and come off the bench, what a beautiful thing. Rubio running the lane. Hands off the Mobley, pow! What a dish by Rubio. Just a quick flick of the wrist. Love the taco, pow! A taco, pow! Well, you see what he did, Tim. Pangos waited for him to get his steps in, so he was in his rhythm on the dunk. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway along the Cavaliers radio network. Great to have you with us. Of course, we have now completed four preseason games following the contest last night with the Chicago Bulls. One more to go Friday night. Cavs will be at Indiana to take on the Pacers, and then they play for real as, of course, the regular season opens up Wednesday, October 20th, when the Cavs travel to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. They'll come home for two, Charlotte on Friday night, Atlanta on Saturday night, and then out to the West Coast, the Cavaliers will travel. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, great to have you with us. And, Jim, uh, we were talking earlier about the you know, about the fact that the Cavaliers have gone one and three during the preseason. The records and the final scores don't necessarily count, but it's about development and about lineup combinations and so forth, especially when you've got some new guys on this roster. All in all, how would you size up these first four games for the Cavaliers? Well, first of all, I tell you, Tim, that most people say that uh, even some players, that uh, exhibition season, preseason is useless. But it really isn't, especially with our team, because, you know, you if you're a coach, you're watching these guys in practice and uh, you're trying to evaluate them to give everybody a fair chance, you know, to make this team and be in the rotation. But you don't get a true feel for the game unless it's live and unless you're playing against NBA caliber players. And I thought that these four games have shown a lot to me about where we're at, where we need to go. And the most significant thing is, well, there's probably three things, but the most significant thing, of course, is young Mobley. He's at the head of the class. But Rubio has impressed me. And if you've noticed in my commentary listening, I talk a lot about Rubio. I really like where he's at and what he's doing. The third thing is the bench play. Mm-hmm. Osmond and uh, Kevin Love coming off the bench is huge for us. I want to go back to last night's game against the Bulls because, of course, the Cavaliers were without their starting backcourt of Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. So uh, JB had to do not only some starting lineup tinkering, but as you just alluded to, Jim, uh, rotations off the bench. But, boy, it looked as though Isaac Okoro was really comfortable in that two-guard spot last night. And we talked about that at the conclusion of last year when he was playing the two uh he, he just seems to be more of an, a, of an aggressive offensive player when he's at that spot. Yeah, well, he had a few things that he was, a few patterns and a few uh, recognitions and anticipations that he counted on toward the end of last season that made him really turn it on in the last six weeks. But this is a new team. Uh, things have changed. There's a lot bigger bodies in the lineup, and they're in his way. And he's not getting that third look now. You know, that's going a lot to Mobley now. So you've got Garland, who's doing his thing, and you've got Sexton. And then uh, they're looking for the young kid, Mobley. So it's not a demotion, but he has to figure out a way to get his touches in and make himself relevant on the offensive end. Defense is no problem. You know, you know that's what he does. But in order to be an offensive player, you've got to find a place. And uh, I think he's still searching for that. 
Jim, as you and I call the games along the Cavaliers radio network, I somewhat hone in on the play-by-play and the ball movement and so forth, and you do such a great job with the nuances of the game and studying the game. So with that in mind, uh, as you've watched these different combinations that JB has put on the floor, and and there's no doubt he's doing some experimenting, some tinkering, but uh, are there combinations that you've seen that you really like? Yeah, anything with the big three. Anything with the big three, anything with the big two, as long as one of them is Mobley, you know, and I, and I think you can do that every night. I think you can play those guys, that big lineup. I saw how Donovan, I saw him get up a couple of times, talk to his coaches after our big scored, and he was having some real problems with little DeRozan and some of the other players trying to match up with those guys. He had Mobley one time. Now, listen, Mobley's a seven-footer. And Mobley had him in the low post, and and uh, he was guarding Mobley aggressively, trying to get under his legs because that's that's only how far tall he was. And Mobley passed out of it. That's the shot Mobley needs to take: a turnaround jump shot instead of putting it on the floor. And then help comes. Just stay isolated over there. Shoot a turnaround or face up and shoot that shot. He has both those shots, so we could cause teams problems every night. The biggest problem we had last season is that we only had one matchup that teams were really concerned about, and that was Sexton. And in doing so, their whole defense was slanted toward minimizing his dribble penetration and not putting him on the line. Now they've got some other issues. They've got to deal with Mobley. They've got to deal with a rejuvenated Garland. So I just think this is a better team even before the season starts. Last night, Jim, we saw Evan Mobley really display everything as i mentioned during the broadcast kind of that microcosm of what evan mobley is as a basketball player one of the things that i like to pick your brain about is your experience as a professional basketball player and so evan mobley now four preseason games in i mean that's barely nothing as compared to what the career is going to be ahead of him but you can see him getting more comfortable When you look back, when you were a young player coming out of Marquette and started your playing career in the ABA, how long does it take? How long did it take you to feel comfortable playing at the next level, playing at the professional league or at the professional level? Well, I think it's a great question because the game that we played then is is the way they're playing now. You know, wide open, you know, early in the clock, three-point shots. But I can only give you my experience. You know, I don't like to give perceptions because nine out of ten times they're wrong. But what I can tell you is this, is that he can already play. Mobley's already good. He just doesn't have experience. He's already all the things that Sexton and Garland and uh, some of our other younger players have struggled with, he won't struggle with, even when his execution doesn't work. He was doing the right things, making the right pass, you know, uh, not drawing fouls, keeping his body off players, sliding and rotating and blocking shots against guards, forwards or whomever, even centers, and getting defensive rebounds, running the floor, finding the open man. He already is a basketball player complete. In my estimation, I think he's our best player already, and we haven't played one NBA game because of the way that he plays. He doesn't frown. He doesn't holler at officials. He just plays the game. He reminds me so much of Tim Duncan. 
He reminds me so much of a young Kevin Durant, who, who at that time was an exceptional shooter. But everything else, you know, he's the kind of player that you do him an injustice if you say that he's a power forward or a small forward. I think what you do, you treat him like Westbrook, you treat him like Magic, you treat him like LeBron. You just put him on the floor and let other teams struggle with how they're going to match up with him. Oh, great stuff. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, and another gentleman that has a lot of great insights about the Cleveland Cavaliers is Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com. Joe G will join us in the next segment of Cavs HQ. So stay with us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Jalen Johnson into the lane. Shot blocked by Mobley. Ball deflects to Garland. And to Sexton. Pow with two hands. That's right. Turnovers to points. Block shot will do that. Rubio left of the circle. Into the lane. Lob right corner to Love. Out front. Marketing. Three ball. Got it. Lowry marketing. I like that. Rubio to Love to marketing. Mobley in the lane. Pow! Oh, my. Evan Mobley with a monstrous slam as he backed out and crushed it. Wow. 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 Evan Mobley. Get used to that, folks. He's dynamic. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And, of course, on the other side of the window, the dynamic duo of Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin. Great job by those two putting together a highlight package from some of the preseason games that the Cavaliers have gone through. Of course, Cavs now 1-3 in the preseason. And the fifth and final tune-up will be on Friday night in Indiana. And a guy that certainly knows the Cavs inside and out. He covers the Cavaliers for Cavs.com is Joe Gabriel. As Joe G stops by to pay us a visit and talk a little Cavs basketball with one more game to go before the season gets underway for real a week from Wednesday in Memphis. Joe G, as always, a pleasure to have you joining Jim Jones and yours truly. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing Fine. all right. So you heard that highlight package and obviously yep. uh, a lot more basketball uh, through the first four preseason contests. Just your your quick take on what we've seen so far. Well, I mean, last year we went through so many different lineups and there was such a lack of depth. So I think right now, and again, everybody's kind of healthy right now, the depth. That's kind of a very impressive thing, the fact that uh, JB can all of a sudden go to a big lineup like he did last night, which was uh, which was really impressive. I'd like to see what that lineup looks like, you know, again, when you bring your guys back. But uh, I think some depth. He finally has some uh, some toys to play with. So that's, that's an early impression. Joe, uh, one of the things that uh, I know you're very astute about is uh, watching young players. You and I, from time to time, when you were on the road, we would talk about our young talent. Uh, talk a little bit about Mobley. Well, I, I, last night, the thing, I, the thing I love about Mobley, uh, I, everything, <laughs> but <laughs> on the defensive end, he's an instinctive defender. He, you don't have to, I mean, you're going to have to coach him a little bit, but he had an offhand block, a left-handed block uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> That was really impressive. It wasn't even his guy. So the thing I love about him is his instincts on the defensive end. Offensively, he's going to be good. But, man, that kid already, he's already a good defender. Once he puts some weight on, uh, there'll be no stopping that kid. Joe, I want to go back to a point you referenced in your first answer about the Cavs' big lineup. And I thought it was interesting uh, during one of his press conferences, and 
he has said this repeatedly that J.B. Bickerstaff likes a big and skilled team compared mm-hmm. to small ball. Uh, and, of course, the NBA now with the three-point shot. And uh, I thought that was interesting on J.B.'s part uh, that he's got these big guys, but they're all skilled. And as he said, it's almost positionless basketball. Yeah. Actually, Tim, I asked him about that last night. J.B., and you're right, all preseason he's been talking about, and one of his lines in the preseason has been, if you win in the paint, you win in points in the paint, usually you can win the game. And I think what JB is kind of thinking is, and last night they had 58 points in the paint, they happened to lose. But I think what JB is thinking is, you know, instead of having this, you know, guard shooting threes, let's, you know, we're these are high percentage shots, and these are skilled big men who can step out. Laurie can step out. Even Evan can step out. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's. I think that that's what JB is going for. I like the big lineup. I, I really, I, I did. I thought it was impressive. And teams aren't used to dealing with big lineups like that anymore. The one thing I like about the lineup last night is that by employing all three of those guys in the lineup, the Bulls were really struggling to match up. They were really struggling. And mm-hmm. their starting five against our starting five, we all played them, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I think that, uh, that that's a matchup problem. You know, we yep. go back to the previous point in that it's positionless basketball, but they, you know, teams like a lot of smaller guys now, and they think that they can guard bigger guys. Well, you're not going to be able to guard Larry Markin, Larry Markin and, and Evan with smaller guys. And the Bulls tried it last night, like Jim said. That was a huge matchup problem for them. You know, uh, it was preseason, but uh, let's see what this what the big lineup does in the regular season. I'm curious. Joe, while we're talking about the bigs, uh, I want to transition to the smalls, I guess, and talk about Ricky Rubio and what the addition of Ricky Rubio has meant to this basketball team. Uh, he racked up nine assists in about 13 well, I mean, minutes a- last night. Well, aside from the, the obviously production, he had nine assists uh, before halftime. Last right. Night. And there's the production, which is obviously great and unique. But I think both guards suffered last year without having Delhi uh, or – or a veteran, a veteran point guard to kind of show you the ropes as far as in terms of end of game situations, uh, clutch situations. They didn't have a a guy, a veteran, and now you do. And I think that not only is he going to be good for the team, maybe bring us a couple more wins and all that stuff, but he's going to help the development of your guards big time. And it's something that they missed last year. One thing I'm, that I've been watching is who he throws the ball to, who he uh, distributes to, and he's very comfortable with distributing to the bigs. Marketing must love him because he's always finding him. You know, you, if when Marketing was with the Bulls, you never saw him really setting any high picks, but he's been setting a lot of high picks, mm-hmm. uh, high dribble screens, and just popping back, and he's been wide open, and they're finding him in his rhythm, Joe. I thought I thought that's what made him play so well last night. He was getting it in his rhythm, and he was getting it when he wanted it, and Rubio was a big part of that. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jim, And that Rubio gets guys the ball where they are ready to shoot it, in a comfortable position to shoot it, and and you better shoot it when Rubio yep. gets it to you. Because <laughs> really, he gets it to you in a good spot, so you better be ready. And I think some of the younger players are figuring that out, that uh, when he gets it to you, put it up. 
Joe, he's not really a big, and he's not a small, but Isaac Okoro, and last night we saw him start at that two-guard spot, and he looks so comfortable at that two. Uh, he appears to be much more aggressive. Uh, your thoughts on what Isaac showed last night and so far in the preseason? Well, Isaac, who, yeah, again, he's a player I love. I think where he is right now is he's a little bit in a no-man's land, I think, you know, because even you mentioned he's not a big, he's not a small. There's such an emphasis on bigs right now with the team. And, of course, you spend your draft capital on two guards and back-to-back drafts. And I think Isaac right now is trying to figure out where do I fit in. He can always play defense. That's, he has that. But where do I fit in offensively? And I think he needs to get into a rhythm. And you brought it up, Tim, last night. I thought he, was, he looked more comfortable than he has probably in the preseason. But I think right now he's trying to figure out where he fits in in the offense. So all in all, before we take the time out, uh, how do you how do you rate this preseason for the Cavaliers? Well, I mean, I think it's been great so far, and I'm curious. And I know uh, uh, Coach said that they're going to kind of treat Friday night like another practice almost. Right. So I wouldn't expect too much from Friday night, but I like it because again, everybody's healthy. Uh, you're getting a look at guys. You get you know Bill and Windler. Uh, you got a good look at him. He got his. He, now he has a little confidence going into the regular season. Uh, and also, you, now you have the next five days, four or five days to practice. So, I think it's been a productive preseason. Guys are healthy. Kevin Love is healthy. He's in a good mood. Uh, so. Uh, I'm going to give it a nice B plus. How about that for a grade? There you go. There you go. Well, Joe, as always, a pleasure to have you on Cavs HQ. And, of course, uh, for fans listening, uh, read Joe's stuff. He's got tremendous insights on Cavs.com. So uh, hey, Joe, we will hey, see Joe, you soon. Excuse me. Excuse me. Joe, I've got to say one thing. Uh, you don't mind me uh, taking some of your commentary, some of your writings and using it in my commentary, do you? Oh my God, Jim! That's that's an honor. Well, an I'm honor. not going to give you. I'm I, not going to give you credit though. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to give you credit though. <laughs> I do every time. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. All right, we'll take the time out, Joe. We appreciate you standing by, and more to come on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. The Community Relations Team Member Volunteer Program launched during the close of September as team members from the Cavaliers, Charge, Monsters, Legion, and Fieldhouse came together to give back to their community. From cleaning up Edgewater Beach with Drink Local, Drink Tap, to painting projects at the City Mission's Laura's Home, helping care for animals in various ways at Northeast Ohio SPCA, and handing out nourishing food at the Muni Lot with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. The full week of service made quite the impact. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ right after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Wanamaker moves to the hoop off a Jackson screen and then slings it cross court to the left edge of the arc where Brogdon knocks down another three. Left side wing to McConnell, one-on-one with Allen. He shovels a pass into the lane. The weak side cutter takes it in. That's Brogdon coming across the lane right to left, and he lays it in with the left hand. Turner sets a screen. Brogdon uses it to work his way to the foul line and hit another floater. 23 points. He's made 11 of his 12 shots from the floor. 
And we welcome you back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones. On the other side of the window, the dynamic producing team of Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin and the dulcet tones that you just heard in those highlight calls, the radio play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers, Mark Boyle. And Mark now joins us on Cavs HQ. Mr. Boyle, as always, a pleasure to have you stopping by and joining Jim and I. Good to get started again, though. Yeah, it's great to get started. Well, we want to talk with you because, well, obviously, we just played you Friday night here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and we'll wrap up the preseason with a rematch with the Pacers this Friday night out in Indiana. But, uh, Mark, just your overall thoughts on this Pacer basketball team. There wasn't a lot of upheaval during the offseason, but, boy, you bring back Rick Carlisle, and uh, that was really the big move, correct? Yeah, that's really the only move of major consequence, although they've done some other interesting things. Uh, It's the same story that we uh, talked about last year and, for that matter, the year before that. Two years ago, significant injuries. uh, That was in the uh, uh, restart year. In the bubble. Uh, And that season of the projected starting five, they played together for a grand total of 87 minutes all season, and they still finished fourth in the East. So wow. they were really excited about last year, and then they had injuries again. The coaching change didn't work out. And so they decided essentially to bring the same guys back. Their thinking is if these guys ever can get together and all be healthy at the same time, uh, and then with this new accomplished coach, not new here, he'd been here before, and he's been in the NBA for a long time. But the point is still the same, very accomplished very well regarded. The thought then is with this coach, with this healthy roster, this might be interesting. But so far, the roster's not been healthy. And as you saw last weekend, they're still missing two of their five starters. Yeah, but I looked at your depth, Mark, and you definitely are a deeper team. The thing I've always liked about Carlisle is his toughness and the way he substitutes. You know, he's a matchup, old school, old Celtic guy. And you can, you can see it in the way that uh, he does his substitution. But talk a little bit about Sabonis, because I thought over the last couple of years, I just thought he went to another level. Well, he's excellent. You know that. And the thing about him that maybe separates him, at least to a degree, uh, he can score, he can rebound. He's not alone in that category amongst NBA big men. But very few, if any, uh, I think Jokic might be a little bit better. But other than that, who passes the ball as well as he does. Yep. Uh, and so they can run things through him. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he's good enough that you've got to go out there and get him. Uh, and he's a terrific rebounder. Uh, he's a really solid guy, and he's gotten better every year. So, And he's still young. So they're hoping that he'll make another uh, gradual improvement this season, and if so, that's a plus. Uh, and they need him to hit those boards. Uh, he always does that, but the Pacers have been an extremely deficient rebounding team the last couple of years last year one of the very worst in the league even with this guy grabbing double figure rebounds so he needs some help but he's a, he's an extraordinary talent he can do a lot of different things and i think the thing jim that separates him from a lot of big guys is he's such a good passer he's got such good court awareness mm-hmm. uh, and he's really a very important player for them mark when this team this roster is fully healthy uh, how good do you feel this club can be well, I think uh, it's realistic for them to think that if they're healthy, uh, they, I think, could make a serious push for a top four. I don't think they're Milwaukee, uh, and I don't really think they're Brooklyn, depending on how that drama unplays with Kyrie Irving 
Philadelphia, we don't know much about. Boston is good, but sort of a wild card like the Pacers. Atlanta proved itself last year. How good is New York? Um, are they better? So there's, a, there's plenty of competition there. But I, I think if they're healthy uh, with this coaching change, I think it's reasonable for them to think they can finish in the top four. Again, we're talking with Mark Boyle, the radio play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers. We'll see Mark again Friday night in Indiana when the Cavaliers close out the preseason against the Pacers. Now, Mark, Friday night here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Cavaliers and Pacers, Indiana wins the game 109-100. to And during the course of the game uh, along the Cavaliers radio network, uh, we ran a soundbite from Malcolm Brogdon. It was during media day that the Pacers held. So we want to play that for you now. He talks about leadership and then get your thoughts on the other side. So let's hear from Malcolm Brogdon. I've shown I can score the ball. I've shown I can pass it. I've, scored, I've shown I can really do a lot on the court. But for me, it's more, it's more mental. It's more up top. It's more leadership. Um, this team has needed leadership. And, you know, my leadership will go to a whole other level this year. Uh, we need that voice in the locker room. We need... You know, someone to hold guys accountable, someone to demand more of guys, and that's going to be me. Boy, we thought that was a strong comment from Malcolm Brogdon. This team needs leadership. I want to be that leader. Your thoughts on that? It's an interesting observation. He's a well-respected guy. He's very bright. Uh, He's involved in a lot of things off the court. He's got a foundation. He goes overseas. He does charitable work, and he's just a, a leadership type of guy, and he's not just saying those things. He went out of his way to organize uh, off-season workouts for the team prior to the start of training camp. Um, and I think everybody felt that last year it wasn't just a lack of leadership, although that certainly appeared to be the case. And by the way, I know you guys know this, but everything I say about last year is uh, not firsthand. I'm getting this from talking to people that were there, as you know. Right. We didn't have access and, and didn't really have a chance to see what was going on behind the curtain. But as best I can gather, there was a total disconnect between the coach and the players, uh, the players, I think they would admit to you, didn't handle it well. And I think even though he didn't say that overtly, that's one of the things Brogdon was talking about. He's been a leader since he's been here. But I think he realized that he could have done a better job in that uh, category last year, and he's determined to do a better job this year. And I think he's made some really good strides there. You know, uh, I was impressed by what he said, and it almost sounded like he was trying to convince himself. But uh, <laughs> actions, but actions speak a lot louder than words. You know, I, you know, sometimes it bothers me that guys want to be leaders and they think they've got to get on another guy's case verbally. I've always been of been of the belief that show me, show me by your actions, and I think that's been the the most successful way for players to get better because these kids are, you know, they're so thin-skinned. And, you know, sometimes just go out there and show me what you do. And then every once in a while, you know, uh, just peck at them. I found that to be better. Well, I'll give you an example of that. And I'm sure you can do this even better than I can, Jim. You've been in those locker rooms. But back in the day, you know, it was different. Uh, It was a totally different generation of players. But uh, back in the 90s and on into the early O's, there haven't been very many better leaders here than Reggie Miller. And he almost never said anything that you'd expect a leader to say. Instead, he was the first guy to get here. He was the last guy to leave. He was the hardest working guy on the floor. He was a total professional. And if you can't pick up things from watching a guy like that, then that's on you, not him. Uh, As you say, Jim, it's it's action, not words. And there's more than one way to lead. Um, I think Malcolm is going to be a little bit more traditional in that he'll be vocal. He'll be uh, willing to speak to players about whatever issues are involved. 
Just Reggie mostly kept that to himself, but just said, hey, yeah. watch me, and you'll learn how to play this game. And there's so many different ways to do it, but you hit on something that's so important, not just in basketball, but in everything. Yeah, anyone can say, I want to do X, Y, or Z. But do you really want to do it? Do you want to put up with the grief that goes with it? Do you want to put up with the responsibility? Not everyone's cut out to do it. That's a yeah. great point, yeah, Mark. I agree with you. Know, just to add to that point, sorry, Tim, I'm, I'm just going to go philosophical with my philosophy degree. You know, the way that human beings learn is through observation, experience, and then use their own imagination. And uh, that seems to be the best way. I hope it works out that way. But I don't think you have to tell Sabonis many things, and I don't think you have to tell Levert many things. And T.J. Warren, if he ever gets healthy, oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was, uh, he's was. he been solid since he came in the league. He was the Pacers' leading scorer before he went down, and he was extraordinary in the restart. He had a 50-point game, averaged over 30 in those eight games, uh, and they're counting on him. Now, he had been scrimmaging with the players in those sessions that Brogdon put together, and then he had oh, okay. a setback. He's going to get another MRI in maybe a week or so, uh, and then we'll get a better feel for when he might come back. But uh, that's a huge void. This guy was averaging 19 a game when he went down uh, last season. Well, not last season. He only played four games, but uh, when he went down the season before. Uh, and so if he can't come back at a reasonably high level, then that's a void they won't be able to fill. Mark Boyle, the radio play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers, joining us on Cavs HQ. Mark, as always, great to have you on. And, of course, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you Friday night in Indiana. Yeah, same here. Uh, we were, you know, we had that game last Friday. I, I like watching your team, and we were, we were talking about your roster, and we were so envious because uh, we looked at that roster, and uh, four of the five guys that started for Cavs were picked eighth or higher. The Pacers yeah. haven't had a pick that high since 1889. Oh, my goodness. You've got all these good young kids. Oh, and the Pacers have done, have done well building teams. You know that they've been sure. in the conference finals and all of that on a number of occasions. But they just haven't been bad enough to get these high draft choices. And you see this team that has great promise and potential, and four of those guys were picked in the top eight. And you're, How come we can't have one of those picks? <laughs> I got you. It was a painful process to get there, Mark. Yes, we man. can't say <laughs> that. I don't know that you want to go through that. Having those picks is nice. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you Friday. Thank you, Mark. All right, guys, thanks. My yeah, one of the best in the NBA. Mark Boyle, the radio play-by-play voice of the Indiana Pacers. We'll take a timeout. We're going to talk about Evan Mobley in our next segment. So stay with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Inbounds to Mobley into the lane. Hook shot. Good! Oh, yeah. Evan Mobley. Boy, he's displaying it all tonight. Right corner Mobley. How about a three ball? Good from the rookie. Mobley in the lane against Ball. Oh, yes. He's getting the rhythm. He's getting the feel for it. The way he's playing, the way he approaches every practice, I think he has a lot of potential. The time will come and uh, the challenge will. Like, if you see a video of how he played the first game against Chicago tonight, it seems like it's been two different seasons. Yeah, Ricky Rubio talking about the number three pick in the NBA draft, Evan Mobley. And Jim, he certainly did display all those skills last night in the game against Chicago. It's only been four preseason games, and yet it's been fun to watch him develop and just get more and more comfortable. 
Yeah, it is. I mean, he's the third pick in the draft, and they were saying that any other year he'd been number one. Well, he should have been number one this year, but thank you. Thank you, Detroit, <laughs> because uh, there's no hesitation in my mind that he's the best rookie in our league already. And the reason is because anyone that sees him play realizes that he has an effect on the game, not just in fancy crossover moves and step-back jumpers, but on both ends of the floor, plus his passing, his court awareness. His father, you know, was one of the assistant coaches at USC, did a fantastic job with preparing this young man. He steps into our league, and he steps into this Cavalier franchise as the most skilled player on the team that hasn't even played one NBA regular season game yet. He is the most highly skilled player we've had since LeBron. Yeah, he is uh, the sky's the limit for Evan Mobley. There's no doubt about that. Well, if you've been listening to Cavaliers basketball, and we certainly hope you have during the first four preseason games, the radio voice of the Cleveland Charge, Scott Zarilla, has put together some terrific feature pieces on individual players on this Cavs roster. He did a great job with the piece on Evan Mobley. So let's listen to Scott right now talk about the number three pick in the draft. With the third pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley from the University of Southern California. Evan Mobley was the first player in Pac-12 history to win Pac-12 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, and Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. The talented Mobley has shown the ability to be a playmaker and play multiple positions. And recently, Mobley talked about the strengths of his game. I feel like overall, uh, I bring versatility. Um, I feel like that's one of my strong suits, so I can be a center or a power forward. Um, I can play on the wing a little bit, so um, I feel like that's where I'm going to be at uh, most of this year. Um, probably playing inside, outside, so just all around the floor. Evan got his first taste of NBA action in Las Vegas playing in the Summer League a couple months back, and he explains what he learned in those games. I feel like the biggest takeaway was uh, the pace of the game and uh, how it's played. Uh, it's definitely played a lot different than college, so you have to adjust to that. But I feel like I'm adjusting pretty fast, pretty well. And so um, this season, I, I feel like I'm ready to uh, come out and, and do well. Now, when you're the third pick in the draft, there's always pressure that comes along with it. And Mobley talked about dealing with high expectations. There's always pressure, but um, I feel like I don't really focus into that. Just uh, try to stay in the gym uh, and just uh, listen to the coaches, learn different things, and just get better at my own pace. Evan Mobley's got the steal. Now Evan Mobley's trying to go coast to coast. Evan Mobley all the way up. 94 feet and a big finish from the big fella. Now making the jump from a freshman in college straight into the NBA can be a daunting task. And Evan has reached out to his veteran teammates for advice. I definitely talked to a lot of the uh, players on the team, like Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, uh, a lot of the younger players, because um, they recently went through it. So um, they tell me uh, there's a lot more games, a lot more stuff going on and stuff. So I'm just trying to take it all in, learn from them, and uh, hopefully uh, make it through the season uh, real easy, nice and smooth. 
Despite being with the team for a short period of time, Evan can feel the guys already starting to gel. I feel like we're coming together uh, pretty well. Um, we're definitely molding, getting uh, comfortable with each other, knowing each other's tendencies. So I feel like that's coming along very well uh, with the playing that we've been doing. And of course, Mobley would be surrounded by other young, talented players in Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Jared Allen, Isaac Okoro, and Laurie Markkinen, just to name a few, and says the Cavaliers are a team on the rise. I feel like we are on the come up. Um, we have like a lot of good pieces here that uh, we can really make uh, some things happen this year. So um, I'm really excited for what's to come. Great job by the voice of the Cleveland Charge, Scott Zarilla, in that feature on Evan Mobley. And Jim, one of the things about Evan, he just oozes quiet confidence, that calm demeanor that he has. Yeah, you know, he's very intelligent. And uh, it's just not spoken in, in his verbal, but in his actions, the way he moves on the floor, there's no wasted energy on his part. You see some young guys, they want impression that I'm hustling, so they're always running hard, they're almost to the point of being frantic. But everything comes to him. He's seeing a lot of stuff, and it looks like he's seen it before because he seems to be able to make the right decisions more often than not. And the presence of a 19-year-old to rely on veterans for advice and for just, you know, the knowledge that they have to impart onto him as far as what life will be like in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And, you know, those veterans, it's, it's not necessarily even the basketball stuff. But when it comes to the basketball stuff, the main thing that I look for in a veteran player who'd been around and been through the wars was courage. How do they deal with, with pressure situations? And I think that's where Mobley is. He's figuring out, how do I deal with this when they do this? How do they do this? He's the kind of player. You don't have to coach him how to play, but you do have to teach him new, uh, new things, maybe things that he hasn't seen enough or that he's seen before, but in our league they're magnified because of the skill set and the skill level. I'll tell you what, Cavs fans, I get excited about this young man. He's going to be electrifying in a Cavs uniform, Evan Mobley. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, Jim and I will put the finishing touches on this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Boy, did that show just fly right by. Huge thank you, of course, to Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com for stopping by and paying us a visit. As Jim Jones said earlier, read up with Joe Gabriel on Cavs.com. He has some unbelievable insights into this basketball team. Also great to have on the program the radio play-by-play -play voice of the Indiana Pacers, Mark Boyle, and of course, we'll see Indiana this Friday night when the Cavs wrap up the preseason in Indiana against the Pacers. Huge thanks, of course, to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin. Boy, they spun together a great program on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Jim Jones, a great big thank you to you. And, of course, the biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. We hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back with you again on Friday night from Indiana when the Cavs take on the Pacers in the fifth and final preseason game. Huntington tip-off show at 6.30, and they'll start it up at 7 o'clock. So until then, Tim Elkhorn saying thanks for listening, and so long, everybody. <laughs>